right, here we go. Okay. Okay. Welcome back to, to Sunday Night Novi. Uh, Sunday Night, as always, is brought to you in conjunction with the Weiss Entertainment Network. Uh, this series, this series, which has been tied, which has been tied a prophetic vision in the 21st century, the message of Nevi'im Rishonim, the story of the Book of Shoftim. The series will focus on how Shmuel Hanove, the author of the Book of Shoftim, sent us many messages of our times. The series will be dedicated in memory of Rabbi Yirachmiel Ben Aromeyer, um, Rabbi Jerry Freelander, um, who, who we, who's, the availist for him is taking place uh, right now. Um, just to review, because it's been a number of weeks, so I just wanted to do a short review uh, of what, what we're up to, and, and just a short review of some of the topics that we discussed. So, uh, just, I mean, I'm not going to get into the whole introduction again, but I just want to just point out that, the, that one of the most important things to appreciate in Sefer Shoftim is that, that, that the, Navi, the, the Shoftim come in different shapes and sizes. The Rambam has a, a rubric for, for the Nevi'im. And, and, and all the Nevi'im have to uh, some, somehow fit into that, into that rubric. But when it comes, when it comes to, um, when it comes to the Shoftim, we're gonna see that, that the Shoftim were really, 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 came, really came in very different um, shapes and sizes. What I mean by that is that some were, some were our picture of the Godel Ador and some were not the picture, well, it was not our picture of the Godel Ador, but they all had one thing in common. But that what they had in common is what the, they were the Moshiach Yisrael. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent them in each generation and, and, and the purpose of sending them was to save the Jewish people, was to right the ship, a ship that, a, a ship that had gone uh, very, very bad. And, and, and that, was, that, was their main, that was their main role. And, and, and I think that's, that's, that's very important um, to understand that. Okay, um, we had gotten up to Perik Zion. Uh, if you're in the art school, it's page 158 of not it's Perik Zion. We were in the middle of the story of Gidon. So we saw that, that Gidon came after a period of great spiritual height. The period of Barak and, and Devorah was a, was a period of great spiritual height. Um, the, uh, Rashi points out to us that, that the, the great song of Devorah, the great Shiraz Devorah, was a kapara, was an atonement for everything that came before that. And it's almost like, we, it was almost like that we were, we were starting over again um, in, in the sense that, that whatever bad things happened before was forgiven. Um, so that, that, and that's why we had mentioned that by, by Gidon, it didn't say Vayosifu. It didn't say they continued to do what was bad. It just simply said Vayasara, that they did bad because it was a new, it was a brand new slate. It was almost like the, it was almost like Shiraz Tavora was the Yom HaKippurim for them. Um, it, it was Machaper and all their Avonos, and then now they were able to, to uh, start again. Um, the, the Medrash, um, the Medrash brings down about Sukkis, it says, but it's a strange medrash, but a famous medrash, avonus. So it's the, the beginning of the counting of, of our sins, so to speak. So, so that was that was that was Gidon. So now we know that in Gidon, um, the the persecution of the Jewish people as a result of their sins was particularly intense. 
um, to the point that the Novi describes that they had to build fortresses, that they had to build uh, hiding caves. In fact, when we are introduced to Gidon, it says that Gidon was, was, um, was uh, um, threshing uh, wheat in a wine press because and the reason why he was threshing wheat in a wine press was because he had to hide from the Midianim, because every time the Jewish people tried to be normal and uh, plant and harvest, the Midianites would come in with the army. Amalek was involved, B'nai Kedem was involved, and, and, they, and they would destroy them. Uh, so when Gidon was called, he questioned all, all, all of what had happened, and the Malach comes to him. Um, then Rashi tells us that it was Pesach, and we see that because when he brings the Malach of gift, he brings the matzah. He also complains that last night we spoke about the Nisim of Yitzhiyas Yisrayim, um, and today it seems that Hashem has forsaken us. Uh, anyway, when the Malach, uh, when Gidon finally realizes it, that the Malach had come to him, he says he fears for his life, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes to him and says, don't worry, you're the chosen person to take over uh, this role. Um, then we also discussed the story where, where he had to destroy the Mitzbeah uh, in, the, in the city of Afra, uh, and we discussed that there were eight violations of the Torah that Hashem had commanded him to do using the wood from an Asherah tree, which was worship of Zavodah Zorah, and all the different things that, that had taken place um, in that story. And then when, then when the people woke up in the morning and saw what Gidon had, had done, they wanted to revenge themselves upon Gidon, and they came to his father, and his father took a very interesting position and said that, that if you're insulted for the idol, let the, and, you, and if you really believe that the idol is God, so why don't you let the idol take out its own, uh, fight its own battles? Well, what, what, are you, what are you worried about? And, and he gave them the name Yerubal. Yerubal means that he fought with Baal. He fought with the um, Avodah Zarah. Um, it's, uh, it's unclear in the Mepharshim if Gidon's father, Yoash, had done Shuba. And, and and that's why he was giving that defense, or 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 he was or, or he was just saying that uh, because that, that was the reality because he wanted to save his son. Uh, we ended our story um, before Yontif with a with a little bit of a strange story. Uh, Gidon was prepared to go to battle with um, the Nijanim, and he turns to Hashem and he asks for a sign. What was the sign? The sign was he put the wool on the ground. And he said, if the ground next to it was, was uh, dry and, and the wool was wet, then the other night he did the opposite. The, the wool should be wet, the ground should be dry. Well, what, what, you know, and he did that for two nights. So we discussed, and that was the last point that we, that we actually discussed, is what was the, what was the, what was the idea of that? That, that, he, that he was asking Hashem for a sign when he didn't believe that Hashem was going to save them. So we mentioned the Radak who quoted Rab Sajigon, who, who said that that they were not allowed to talk to Hashem that way. Radak says that Rav Sadi Gom points out that no, Gidon was, was questioning himself. He knew that Kaddish Baruch was going to bring a miracle, but but he wasn't he wasn't 100% sure if the miracle was going to take place through uh, through him. Was he worthy enough to be to be to uh, carry out this miracle? Um, one of the other mafarshim point out uh, the other the other possibility was that he was trying to talk 
he was trying to use that to talk to the to the rest of the Jewish people and say, look, look, here's a here's a, a, a an ufinous sign. Here's a sign uh, that, that miraculously the ground was dry, the wool was wet, the wool the wool was dry, the ground was wet. That's a sign from Shemayim that 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 a Kaddish Baruch was here and here, and he's going to and he's going to uh, help us, and, and and we're gonna fight a miraculous uh, a miraculous battle, and we're gonna see that that the, the, the battle gets even more miraculous than it, than, mm-hmm. initi- than initially thought. Pasuk says, and we have to parakzai in pasuk Aleph. Uh, anyone who has this background noise, if you don't mind muting yourself, um, I appreciate it. Because um, the noise will come out on the recording. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So, Perik Zion Pasagala. Okay. Vayashkem Yerubal. So, already the Navi refers to him as, as, as Yerubal. So, so already he gets, he gets that name. Now, um, okay. Uh, and, and he gets that name Yerubal. Ukidon, the whole Am Asherito. And so they're all ready. It's early in the morning. And they camped in a place called Ein Charod. Midjan was north. And they were in the and they were in the valley uh, of the of the Amek. Okay, so 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 this is what um so 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 this is what the um the, this the, this is uh where the 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 battle took place. Now what happened here? Watch this. This is amazing. Vayomer Vayomer Hashem El Gidon Rav Ha'am Asher Itach. You have too many people. Mititias Bijan Biadam and Yisbaer Alai Yisrael Imor Yadi Hoshiyali. He said, he said the he said the following. He said they had a very very big army. You're going to see it was twenty three thousand people. So, what happens when you have a big army when you and you win a war? So you, you might you might say that the reason why we won the war is because we 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 have a better army. We we have better generals. The chiefs of staff knew what they were doing. Uh, they were able to predict what was what was going to take place, and it's all great. Uh, something that. So, something that Moshe that Moshe Rabbeinu called kolchi um, yadi um, that that uh, that there is a tendency to say that my koach my ability my strength to be successful is what brought me to this point. You know, it's it's uh, it's something that we see all throughout our daily lives. But like we have, we have to remind ourselves that a Kodesh Baruch Hu exists in our world. It's not always something that that's easy to come by. Uh, um, and every and, and there's so many mitzvahs in the Torah: the mitzvah of Bikurim, the mitzvah of Shemitah, the mitzvah of Orla. Uh, you know, so there, we have so many. We have so many mitzvahs: Trumas, Maisros, all of these mitzvahs. They really have one theme: to remind us that there's a Boreola. That, would, that no matter how great a farmer you are, no matter how great you think you are in your in your business and your success, without the bracha from a kaddish baruch nothing nothing takes place. You know it's interesting when we say kiddush levana. So so we quote from the Gemara in Sanhedrin. 
a strange Gemara. Yeah, someone spoke. Okay, listen, we, uh, you know, we know about terrible averos, but uh, I'm not sure. It might be, uh, it might be a terrible thing to speak between while well, you're putting on your tefillin. But I'm not sure if I would list that in things that would lead a person to be yarev harachaliva that would would be so would be so scared uh, to go home. So, so uh, I heard from uh, Rabbi JJ Shaftes. I heard from him uh, a brilliant idea. He said, he said, he said the reason why it's such an avera to speak between the tefillin shoyad and the tefillin shorosh because it indicates that 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 your hand and your head are not working together. The whole concept of of, of the connection between the tefillin shoyad and the tefillin shorosh is that is that our actions are dictated by by our brain. But that, that that before we do something, we think it out. Uh, we want to we want to observe Hashem. Uh, and we spoke tonight between Minchamar about certain kavanas that you're supposed to have when you put on your talus and your tefillin. Meaning it's not enough to do the pu'ula. It's not enough to do the action. The action requires thought. So if a person speaks between the tefillin shoyad and tefillin shorosh, so he's saying that it, that it's it's a general hashkafa in life that I I do things but I don't necessarily think it out. And and that's a, that's a terrible avera when a person when a person's actions are not dictated by their thought, uh, and when a person doesn't think out his actions, that's a potential rock. Yarele uh, love. Uh, uh, that's a person who has who has fear in his heart, and, and that person is yelech via shovel the So what does it mean that they go home? It doesn't mean stop that they go home and okay that now they're going to watch ESPN all night and and. Uh, you know, yeah, my, my brothers will be out of war, and I'm going to watch the the, the Super Bowl. You no, know, that, that that's that, that's not what it means. It means the lechli yashov lebeso yashov as the word yashuv. Return to your home, return to your home, not your physical home. But go go home and think out where your where your where your home is supposed to be, your spiritual home, and. You can't go out to war because of the Averas that are in your hand. Go home, go return to the Beso, to your house, the house of spirituality, to where, where, where you really, your roots, where you really belong. And, and, and next time around, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be a Jose of a Tshuva, and you'll, be, and you'll correct your ways, and you'll be, you'll be really to be the heads of, of the army. So the question is, why is Gidon doing it here? Where's the Kohen? So, so the, the simple answer is that um, this process only took place when what was called the Muhammad's Rishus. Muhammad's Rishus means it was a war to, for example, to expand uh, the boundaries of Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara tells us in Sanhedrin that those wars needed permission. Uh, the, king, the king wasn't even allowed to just go out and do those wars. Uh, if, if you think the idea of declaring war in the Senate was created by by the founding fathers in 1787? Absolutely not. This is a concept that goes back to the Mishnah in Sanhedrin. The Mishnah in Sanhedrin says to go out to war, you need our permission. The, the ruling body, the, the Sanhedrin, decides wh whether it's appropriate to have a, a, a Mohammed's a Mohammed's Rishas. However, a Mohammed's Mitzvah, when it comes to a Mohammed's, what's a Mohammed's Mitzvah? Any war that's in defense of the land would be in the category of Muhammad's mitzvah, or or a predetermined war where a Kodesh Baruch Hu said that you have to chase out the enemy. That's called the Muhammad's mitzvah. More like example. So that doesn't. So there, Hakol say, I feel kala. The Gemara has an expression. I feel kala mechupasa. Everybody participates, even a kala from her chupa. So what's pshat that Gidon did that here? So the answer was this was an exception. This was really a Muhammad's mitzvah. 
But nonetheless, the message that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was trying to send the Jewish people here is that, is that all what you have done and to turn away from me is, you know, yeah, it's not a good thing. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu was afraid, uh, you know, in knowing people. Um, it's, I'm using that term uh, with anthropomorphism. But it, the message was that people might, might say the wrong thing. People might, 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 might do the wrong thing. And, and because people might do the, do the wrong thing, get the wrong impression, we have to take matters into our own hands and make it that the message is clear. The message that had to be clear was, this was that, the, that Gidon was the Moshiach Yisrael sent by Hashem. And that wasn't going to happen with an army of 23,000 people. So, so 10,000 people went home. And so, I'm sorry, 23,000 people went home and they were left with 10,000. 10, um, and it says that they went home uh, in the morning, so so people wouldn't realize why they were leaving. Pasuk Dalit. Vayomer Hashem, Vayomer Hashem el Gidon. Hashem said to Gidon, Od ha'am rab. You know what? Still too many people. Horedo sam el hamayim. Take them down to to the the water. The etzarfenu l'chasham. Etzrof is like uh, is an expression we use like to burn it out. I'm going to remove those that aren't worthy from you. I'm going to sort it out for you. I'm going to let you know which of the people are worthy of going out to war. Listen, listen to the sign. And, and, and it's such an important Muslim lesson in this. He said, he told them, take them down to the river. Take them down, take them down to the water. And Hashem said to Gidon, um, anyone who, 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 who licked the water, with, who laughed with their hands in their mouth, how they pick up the water is going to be the sign of their worthiness. If they bow, meaning they're going to get down on their knees and they're going to bow into the water and pick it up, that's a bad sign. That means that's a, that's a practice that they're used to having, meaning that they worship the Lord but if you get down like a dog, completely flat, and then you pull up the water, so then you will stink. So they went down from 23,000 to 300. 300 people. Only 300. That means all the, meaning all the rest of the 10,000 people showed signs that they were idol worshippers because their behavior indicated that they bowed down. So I, I wanted to, to just point out that the Rambam, the Rambam talks about um, in a number of places about you know perception of, of of how we are, you know what we're supposed to be, and and that that perception that perception follows you, like when when you act a certain way, yeah, uh, you know when it, when you act a certain way, then you know. The, that's who that's who you are. You know, the Rambam starts off in Hilchus Deus. He says, "Deus harve the chol echad vechad." Everyone has different uh, ideas. 
וזו משנה מזו, רחוק ממנו ביוסף. יש אדם שהוא בעל חמא, כועס תמיד. There are people that, are, that get angry easily, ויש אדם שדעתו מי יושב אצלו ואינו כועס כלל. And then there are people who are chilled, and they never get angry. ואם יחס, יחס כעס מעט בכמה שנים. Only once in a rare, in a rare time. וישהו גבוה לי ביוסר, וישהו שווה רוח ביוסר. ישהו בעל טייבה, he says there are people that are humble, there are people that are not humble. And, 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 this, kind of, and this kind of attitude kind of follows us. Follows us. And the Rambam tells us, uh, And the right way is to, is to take, to always to take the middle road. That we, there's only one thing that there's never enough of, humility. There's never enough humility in this world. Uh, but everything else, we're not supposed to be too radical one way, not about too much to the left, not too much to the right, but I'm, I'm not even talking politically. We're supposed to be in the center. We're, 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 we're centrist orthodox, right? That means we strictly observe halacha, and we, and you know, we live in the world, and we're out there to be mekades uh, of, of the, wor the world. And, and so, and that's, that's the characteristic that a person is supposed to have. And you get known for this, for this uh, characteristic. Now, the Rambam in, in Hilchus Chuba says, you know, he talks about undoing a, a bad, a bad midah. And he says that, that Mahuat Chuba, it's Rambam in Parak Beis, Halacha Beis of Hilchus Chuba. What is Chuba? Hu shiyazov hachote cheto v'yasiru v'machshavto v'yigmor b'libo shelo yasiru o. The Rambam says that there's three steps to doing Chuba. Number one, that you have to you have to remove yourself from the sin. Uh, number two, you, you got you got to take it out of your heart. You, you, you have to yasiru mimachshavto. You have to remove it from your heart. It's got to be gone from your thoughts. The yigmar belibo shlo yasu, and then you got to say, no more. That's it. You know, I I I've sinned to this point, but now I but now I I, I have to change. If not, it follows you. And this is what happens in our story. In our story, you know, maybe these people did, did the right thing by volunteering to come to the war, but the Kodesh Baruch said, these are the people that I'm worried about. These are the people who were worshiping, who worshiped Abu who had become regular idol worshipers. These are the people that concern me. And these are the people, as I said before, Yelef Yashov Lebeso, did not just literally go home, but it's go home and, and, and recalibrate who you are. And, 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 and that was the message to these people. Yes, we appreciate your help, but, but, but this battle is so important that, that it has to only be done with Derech Kedusha Uttara. You know, um, there, is a, there is a famous question that's asked. Uh, it's a famous question by Hanukkah. So it says, you know, so we know, so we know the story by Hanukkah um, that, that um, when they came to the base of Migdash, they only found one a pitcher of oil that was tohar, that, that still had the seal of the Kohen Gadol on it. Um, there is a halacha that says, that, that, so let's say, basically the, the halacha says, let's say they didn't find that pitcher of oil. So the halacha was, they still could have lit the menorah, because because when, when, when the whole sibor is tome, so that then, it, even though you're not supposed to really give korbanos in a state of tumor, but if everybody's tome, it's permitted. So, so what was the big deal that they found the seal 
of, of the Kohen Gadol and they lit the menorah in a state of Tahara. And the answer was because the battle of Hanukkah was, was a battle against Ruach HaTumah. Was, was the battle against uh, assimilation, was the battle against people who were trying to say the Torah is obsolete. So in order to drive the message home of, of what this whole battle was about, they could only light the menorah, the menorah which represented Torah, the light of Torah, Torah is called Orisa, had to be done only with, with Shem and Torah. If they didn't have the Shem and Torah, that message would have gotten lost. That's the story here, that, that the message had to be to people who represented Kedush Antara, if they, if they had, if they looked look like they worshipped idols by, because they bowed to the water instead of just lying down, so we don't want those people. Those aren't the people that are going to send the message home that Hashem is the Moshiach, that Hashem is the Moshiach Yisrael. So, so that, that's, that, that, that was, that's what went on here. Okay, let's pause exciting. By Yomer Hashem al Gidom, Hashem said to Gidom, Hashem says to Gidon, you know what, no matter how big their army is, these 300 people are, are, are going to be the story. Um, I pointed out a number of times that I mentioned Hanukkah. Hanukkah is not a new story. Hanukkah is, is a story throughout Jewish history. The Ma'atim Biyat, the Rabbin Biyat Ma'atim is not just a Hanukkah story. It's always, always our story. The Pasuk says in Parshas Vayaschanan, Ki atem hama'at mikol ha'amim. You know, we're, 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 we're a few. We're, we're the lion, you know, you know, we're the lamb among the lions. You know, that, 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 that's how it always is. So, so this story, this story that they, that they only went with 300 people against tens of thousands, so, so that's what happened. So, 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 so now they're going to go. So they took food, and their chauffeurs. Okay, so so Midian were, were in the valley. Uh, everyone else went home, and 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 Gidon kept these three hundred people. And then and then and then on that night, here's another interesting story. Hashem tells him, go down to the camp of Midian because I'm, um, you're, you're going to be victorious over them. If you are afraid to go down to the camp, go with your attendant Pura. Listen to the story, a very interesting story. Listen to what they, they're saying. You get, you're going to be inspired by what the Midianites are saying about the upcoming battle. Then you're going to come back and you're going to be, you're going to be charged. You have to hear what they say. Now, nobody really builds this up. The army was like a swarm. It was like Arba. Um, there was uh, a, a um, numerous amount of, of camels, kachol shal svatayam laro, like 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 the sand. Vayavol Gidon, vinei ish misaper l'reyochalom. So Gidon goes and he's spying in the camp, and he hears a dream. He, hear, he hears two guys talking about a dream. Does this sound familiar? 
like 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 big sun Serish in, in in the a, a, a dream a dream a dream in our history is always the is always the catalyst of the Yeshua, right? The Gemara says in Megillah that the story of big sun Serish when they when they told that they were going to kill Achashverosh precedes the rise of Haman because Eino Kadosh Baruch Hu Makas Yisrael Elohim came Makdim Refuah Lamaka that before before the patch comes the the Refuah comes so. So Gidon may have been still uncertain. Maybe some of his people were uncertain because now look, we went from twenty-three thousand to three hundred. So here's the here's the dream. There was a ball of roasted barley, It was rolling uh, in in the camp. So this ball of barley rolled and it, and it hit the hit the tent and and it toppled and it toppled the tent and and that was it. He says that's the sword of Gideon. That's where the expression comes from. The sword of Gideon. That's the sign. We're in trouble. Nasana Elokim. Again, I always want to. I always like to point out Elokim means Hashem is in judgment. Midas Adin. Hakadosh Baruch Hu has judged that we are going to be defeated at Midian Ved Kol Hamachane. So very interesting, uh, Mashal. Um, Rashi points out Rashi, uh, that again the, the the reference to the barley is a reference to Pesach. The Korban Omer was brought on the second day of Pesach. From the barley, again, a connection to the idea of, of, of the Yeshua, a uh, very interesting idea. Um, and, and, and so this dream kind of kind of brings out that idea that 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 even the Midianites knew that 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 they're that they're in tr- trouble. And so there are different. Uh, So Gidon with all my hair. But but the other thing that, that comes out of the dream is Gidon knew that their spirits were down and, and he needed to act quickly. Because while while, while they were while, while their, these dreams were diminishing their spirits, Gidon realized that he had to act quickly. So what happens? Um so by Hikishmoa Gidon So when he hears the dream, uh, he he bows down. Again, Vayishtachu in our history is always a, a sign of, of acceptance of the Melucha of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Uh, Rashi on Parshas Bo points out, it says that, um, you know, when Moshe is describing them, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and it say, he says, you know, and when your children will ask you the question, you know, what, what, what's, what's going to happen? And, and it says that at the end of the prayer, says that they bowed down. So Rashi points out that they bowed down because they, they realized they were getting out of Mitzrayim, and they bowed down because, because Moshe told them they're going to have many children. And so by Yishtachu, so Gidon bowed, that's an acknowledgement of HaKadosh of, of Baruch Hu's Yeshua. By Yashua, by Yomachanei Yisrael, by Yomakumu, Inasan Hashem B'Yarchem, Esmachanei Midjan. Gidon tells them, there's no question about our victory. It is eminent. They know it. We know it. They're even having dreams about it, um, and the, and the dream, which symbolized a little ball 
knocking over a building is, is our little ball, our 300 people is going to defeat um, uh, on the Jewish people. Uh, you know, I, I, I hate, I, I don't hate to, but uh, it, it's, it's hard not to think about um, 1948 when you read the story of Gidon. Uh, you know, an army that was barely an army, an army that barely had weapons, an army that, that, that was being attacked by five countries. And somehow they, 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 they took it out. It's an amazing story. Um, the story of Gidon is really the story of the war for independence in 1948. Um, with 300 people, Kaviyoho, uh, metaphorically, they had the small army, uh, not trained, uh, uh, you know, they didn't have chiefs of staff and any uh, of the classic things that they didn't have a war room and they didn't have, uh, uh, you know, the situation room, if I may use the term, none of those things. And yet they managed to, to defeat the armies. So he divided the 300 people into three, uh, three points of attack. Um, so he gave them uh, utensils and he gave them torches. Follow my, my what I'm going to do. He says, well, you, you'll do what I'll do. The Tatati Bashofar, I'm going to blow the shofar. So uh, we, we pointed out last time, shofar represent, is, the, is, the, is the carrier pigeon of our tfilos, L'shemayim. Shofar, as the Rambam says, is the symbol of Uri Yishenem Yishenazka. In other words, Gidom is saying to them, as you're going to battle, be Mahar Heber Tshuva. You know, uh, think about doing Tshuva and, you know, Write your ways, uh, and as you go, and, and when you hear that sound, that's going to be your sound that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is looking for you, is looking for you to come close to Him, and you're going to come close to Him through this battle, through the sound of the shofar. So basically, what happened was Gidon was going to blow shofar. It's going to be the middle of the night. It's going to be a tremendous noise. Um, there is a story. I don't remember which war that the Israelis attacked a Syrian strong position and they attacked it with noise. Not with, not with the bombs, not with, they made a lot of noise and the Syrians uh, thought that they had the atomic bomb. And, and they vacated the area, really an impregnable fortress up in the Golan Heights and Israel was able to take it over. And that's what, that, and that's again, once again, that's the story of Gidon. So Gidon comes with his, uh, with his hundred, Rosha Shmora Satichona, um, at the beginning of the early part of the night. He's got three advantages here. The first watch, the first watch are tired, so they're ready, they're ready to go to sleep. The second watch might have been sleeping, and they're kind of groggy. And then the third, the third part of the army is, is out cold. So, so. <laughs> So he comes in, you know, with, with this cluster attack uh, uh, on them. And then, and then it's the middle of the night. So, so they, they, they have no idea. All they see is they're going to see torches. And they're going to say, And then they, so they blow the kadem, right? They threw down the, the poppers. Um, uh, they broke the, the kalim. And they yelled out, the sword, the sword to Hashem and to Gidon. You know what that really means? Meaning, 
So, so Masuda David says the Yeshua is through Hashem, but Gidon is the is the messenger to carry out to ca carry out the Gidon. Now imagine this picture: you're you're half asleep, you're in the middle of the night, you you start hearing a tremendous amount of noise. The chauffeurs are blowing like crazy. All three hundred from all. But it's worse. It's all different directions that they're coming from. And then you hear a tremendous noise, smashing of Kalim. So what do you think? You think that there's this tremendous army that's coming to overtake you. And then panic, this absolute panic begins. So they run away. There was so much confusion that they started fighting each other. And there was such, that they created such panic in the camp and says that they that they ran away and they and they attacked. Let's just finish the story and then we'll, we'll stop for this week. So the men from Naphtali, Asher, and Minasha all pursued after Midian. Basically, what he wanted to do is not cross the, the Yardin. So he, he, two of the five leaders of Midian he captures. So in, in the end, they created a battle that was that, that represented tremendous panic. Um, they were able to do it because of the sound of the shofar, that sound that, that is that is always our message to come close to Kodesh Baruch They cried out, "Hashem Gidon, Hashem is is, is the, the tshuva was complete because they because they declared that the battle was in the hands of Hashem, and they they understood Gidon was the messenger of Hashem, and a great victory uh, took place on that day. No, it was not the only time in history. Um, this, 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 this is our story in 1948. This is certainly our story in 67. And thankfully, it was our story in 73, after it, all, after it started off not looking so good. Um, and, and in the end, when you say, La Hashem, or Gidon, which is the internal message, when you see people as Hashem, Hashem's Shalia, I'm not saying the things that don't make sense. I'm saying where, where, you, where, where somebody is a messenger, whether it's to give tzedakah, or whether it's to, to do a chesed, or, and, and you know you can call on a person, or, or a person is a musr shmuz, and, 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 it's, and you can take it seriously, and you realize it's talking to you, so you take the lesson, you don't try to push it away. And they, and they understood the message. These 300 people, fearless, un, un, they understood that they were up against tens of thousands, but they also understood that Hashem, Hashem Ishmochama, uh, they understood that Hashem fights the wars, Hashem decides who, who wins the wars, and, and, and therefore, without, without, without any sense of fear, they went out, they blew their chauffeurs, they caused tremendous panic and confusion, and they, and they destroyed the, the, the enemies, and, and as we'll see soon, they'll, they'll, they'll bring peace into the land. Okay, I think we're going to stop here for tonight, because it's, it's uh, we've gone on for quite a while. Um, Mr. Hashem, we'll... we'll We'll continue the continuation of the story. Uh, some, of, some of the events of the next parak are not so nice. Uh, this was a nice parak, but uh, 
you'll see some of what some of the some of what Gidon encounters next week um, is not so pleasant, and, and uh, it's really open to a lot of discussion about proper behavior. Okay, we'll stop here. Uh, again, um, if you want it on the podcast, you missed the beginning, or you want to hear it again, um, it, it's up. It's up on the. will be up on the podcast within an hour. Um, um, by the way, if you wait till tomorrow, or next day, it's usually it goes up to Spotify and iTunes and all of those things. Okay, from the studios of Merkaz Israel Marine Park, wishing you a good night and a good week, and thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next Sunday night.